influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. How are we doing, ladies and gents? Welcome to the A. Thompson Show. Uh, commercially known as A. Thompson and other disappointments. Uh, I am here. You are at the end of the week. I am at the end of my tether. So that is a perfect concoction, a perfect cocktail. So let's fucking do this. Uh, is this your first time here? First time listening? Do you come here often? All of that stuff. Grab yourself a craft ale. A G&T, a fucking Disserano and Coke. Whatever's your poison. Uh, grab a seat. You are welcome here, you sexy fucks. Uh, yes, that's right. I said sexy. It's Friday night. <laughs> I've had a couple of beers. So even you are looking pretty good right now, uh, dear listener. Um, anyway, how are we doing, people? How are we doing? Quick nudge. To some of you, uh, if you're in and around the uh, London area, make sure you grab yourself a ticket for the live show if you haven't already. Uh, That's on the 28th of September. Uh, Link in the description if you want to tap that and take a look. Uh, I've just been working on something actually uh, last night and at lunchtime today. Uh, I've been working on a like a welcoming me on stage song, (laughs) which I'm not going to go into any more detail right now about it uh i've popped it on the patreon already like a demo of it uh so that the the patreon backers can hear it sort of ahead of time but i'm i'm quite excited about it i I think it's going to be utterly fucking ridiculous but i'm i'm looking forward to you know maybe performing it maybe coming out on stage to it anyway that's the 28th of september it's me it's ashley hayden it's john left of the countryside and it's published author satirist and byline times and byline tv staple otto english uh it's gonna be a, a great night live comedy you know it's a celebration of the growth of the podcast um yeah it's, it's gonna be good man like for, for those of you who might be unaware you know maybe you haven't listen to the podcast this is your first time stopping by joining us for a beer uh, i style my following my pod my patreon everything as a sort of a cult if you like in preparation for the apocalypse guys <laughs> because after that you know once climate change ruins everything once the oil runs out once the nuclear winter has cleared uh, everything's going to get very Mad Max. Everything's going to get very Book of Eli. And then, well, then it's going to be strength in numbers, guys, isn't it? <laughs> then then you're going to need a tribe to survive. So let's form that now, is all I'm saying. Let's form our tribe around this podcast with like-minded, cynical, sarcastic, pissy and bitter motherfuckers who like a beer. Okay, but who, you know, for all their cynicism, actually share sort of left-leaning, compassionate values. How about that? That's going to be our tribe. And uh, and we are named the people of the booge, if you like. That's, that's a long-running in-joke uh, on the podcast. Anyway, it's going to be a culty night of satirical comedy goodness, so make sure you are a part of it. Go and get yourself a ticket. Anyway, let's let's get into this. We're in the podcast now. Let's let's fucking 
Let's just crack on. Um, let's parachute out of the plane of self-promotion and into the abyss of this week's news. News which is bizarre enough, frankly, to send a sane, articulate, measured and centred individual careering into the cosmos of babbling insanity. Uh, so what happened? What's gone on this week? Obviously, we had, you know, we had the sun. We had Hugh Edwards. We had that whole thing. Uh, I talked a bit about that on the Tuesday or Wednesday solo show. Um, we've had my own personal mortgage end up in the news. So that was fun. Uh, I ended up talking to the Daily Record. Uh, or rather, they picked up on a tweet thread that I put out last week about my fears of losing the house. And then I, I spoke to the I newspaper on Wednesday, which um, uh, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it, to be honest. Like, maybe I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I feel like it came off as a bit sensationalist, like with the headline and the sort of subheading or so. Like our mortgage payments are doubling. They are like, and I guess I guess it's happening overnight sort of you know but we're not gonna lose the house overnight right <laughs> like it doesn't really work like that like there's processes and there's catch-ups with the bank and extended family and now there is actually the very real possibility that extended family will sacrifice some you know bit you know possibly or probably they will come to our rescue so we might kind of get through this um but the way it was worded in the fucking headline, like, I'm getting screenshots from old friends, you know, from my hometown and shit. Like, go, what, what the fuck? Like, you're going to be homeless? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, maybe. maybe like, pro probably not. But it's, yeah, yeah it, it's out there. It's a fear. Like, I mean, we would go and live with family before that happened. You know? Or, or what I think will probably happen now, unfortunately, is that my in-laws might sell up, you know, or if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, you know, we would sell this place and end up renting <laughs> a hugely unsuitable death trap because private rents are so astronomical now. So it's not as bad as it sounds with the fucking headline, losing their home overnight sort of style. You know, it's not really like, it's not really that bad. I mean, it could be still pretty. Anyway, so that kind of, that kind of blew up a bit. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's kind of fun. Like, I always wanted my name and face in the paper, you know? Like, I, I always imagined it would be with a sort of, you know, fame and riches vibe, right? Like, I, I'm not sure I ever thought it would be my face plastered across the page. Like, check me out. I'm homeless. You know, it feels like a weird flex, to be honest with you, you know? Have my mum on my case, like, I saw you you and Ruby in the newspaper. To be sure, oh, that's a lovely photo. It's, it's quite exciting for you, isn't it? Like, the fucking bank breaking through my door in the background. Like, mum, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Like, oh, yeah, but sure, you, your hair looks good in the photo. Like, anyway, so that was fun. Um, what next? What's that? What, what's happened this week outside of, you know, my life and newspapers and stuff? We've had Boris Johnson's phone, right? That's a big thing. He's forgotten the security code to his phone rather conveniently. That's 
That's interesting. Uh, we've had the Mercers. Don't know if you guys saw that. They kind of blew up all over Twitter this week. Um, and then on top of all of that, probably my favourite story of the week. No, it's not a political corruption thing. It's not a former quarterback, uh, quarterback like an um, apple pie American grabbing a semi-automatic from Walmart and shooting up his local drugstore. You know, like longtime fans of the pod will know that those Americana stories, you know, you sometimes see them on the mail online. They hold a special place in my heart. You know? <laughs> like I'll pop on like the mail or I'll pop on like Sky News's US section and I'll be like Christian father of seven. Dead at 34. Westchester man steals police car and ram raids Dunkin' Donuts love rival. You know, like, there's something about those stories, man. You know, they just, they just work. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, there's a, there's a few of the earlier episodes of this show where I'm just roasting the shit out of the ridiculousness of, I mean, like, like most of them are addicts, right? When they behave like that. So I guess those shows early on were it was like me roasting America's like um you know cross the streams addictions I guess you know it's like pharmaceutical drugs over here and then over here what have we got oh oh yeah then we've got freely available M16s for sale in a fucking supermarket like it's a country addicted to killing machines and prescription painkillers what could go wrong guys It's like, hey, let's let's give millions of questionably educated cretins Valiums and Percocets and then Mac-10s and assault rifles. And then stand back and watch them go, I I don't understand why we all dying. It, it it must be China. But no, anyway, it's not it's not one of those um America's uh Americana stories that uh that I'm quite fond of. Uh no, my favorite story of this week topped all of them and it only popped up on my feed this morning uh it was it was jordan's son harvey remember him like, hello you cunt all that stuff jordan's son harvey sets guinness world record how about <laughs> like you're almost wincing aren't you as i <laughs> like as i'm saying like as soon as i said Jordan's son, Harvey. Like, half of you listening to this are going to be like, whoa, no, 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 hang on, hang on, Aid. Like, come on. Oh, like, just bear with me, okay? Like, I'm not going to go all Frankie Boyle on you. Chill. Um, but honestly, like, when I when I saw this news story pop up and it was like, uh, Jordan's son, Harvey, sets Guinness World Record. I was like, like, what? And like, oh, God, like, what kind of hell has she put him through now? You know, like, isn't it? Isn't his life hard enough already? And you're making him do fucking what? Like, is it a 10K run, but hopping the whole way or so? You know, like, just leave Harvey B. He's had a hard life already, Katie. And you're like, Harvey, let's let's see if you can stand on your head for 19 days. And he'll do it, you know, because he loves her. That's his mother, his carer. It'd be like performing for her. Or so, you know, and maybe like all of the neighbours would be watching over the garden fence 
appalled, you know, as his eyes get redder and he starts vomiting. And she's like, keep going, Harv. Only seven more days to go. You know, the neighbors are like, bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) But no, no, she hasn't. She hasn't done that. I have to be clear about that. That is not what has happened. I'm going to be very clear in these highly litigious times. Uh, The story is actually uh, Jordan's son, Harvey, sets Guinness World Record for longest drawing of a train. It's quite sweet, isn't it? It's, um, you know, it's nice. And he looks... He looks so happy in the photo for it. Like, it really did. It started my day off the right way, guys. Like, I know I take the piss, but sometimes you just see a good news story and you see how happy the person is, you know? And it does, you know, it it warms the cockles. Because I don't know if you've seen the story or not. Like, he's sat there. He's holding this framed... Guinness certificate thing and she's hugging him you know like in the photo and and she does have a bandage going over her nose like I mean it's like she's just had you know more cosmetic surgery and it's kind of it's a little bit distracting it's like you know what what if that is the actual record here you know what if what if she's just had the 4,287th nose job and Guinness walk in they're like well Here's your certificate, you know, like, and she's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you haven't picked up a cent since 2008, but congrats, I guess. <laughs> and Harvey's like, is this, is this something to do with my train drawing? And she's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's your, your train drawing, sure. Smile, Harvey, you know, like, I'm not mocking Harvey here. Like, this is mockery exclusively reserved for Katie Price, okay? Before I start getting shit in my comments and mentions and shit all i'm saying is like couldn't you just have a fucking day off from the nose surgery you know or just stay out the photo for his award for his day right like even if it's innocent even if it's a bandage for something else like you know fucking um i don't know like say if you got a sinus infection and it required an operation and was coincidentally in the same area as you've had cosmetic surgery done before. Like, wouldn't you just bow out the photo? For fear it would just play into the whole plastic surgery thing. Just get the fuck out of the way, right? But anyway, that was fun. That was... That warmed the cockles. So it did. He was just so happy, you know? But do you ever look at people like that? Do you ever look at them where they're elated? You know, they're just ecstatic about something, you know? Whether it's, you know, a a goal at a football game or, you know, their friend that they haven't seen for a while or really long train drawing or something. They're just elated. And you look at them and you go like, I honestly don't think I've been that happy ever in my entire life. (laughs) And you know know what it made me think is like, you know, seeing Harvey with his long train picture and the smile and the ecstatic and the pure joy. Like it made me go. Yeah. You see. 
achievable goals. <laughs> yeah, like, like if you want to build confidence and find happiness, there is something to be said for setting yourself achievable goals. People like, like you can run around saying it in the next fucking centre forward for Manchester United or, or so, you know, or, or you're going to be the next Justin Timberlake. All right, fine. You know, but we both know that you're fucking not. All right. Like the, the odds are stacked against you from day dot. But drawing the biggest ever bus. <laughs> you could do that. Achievable goals, guys. It's a big thing. Not everyone understands it. Not everyone has it taught to them by their parents or or by life, you know, and then they end up with these overregged, you know, ballooning ideas and ambitions. They end up like fucking, um, you know, like fucking, what's his name? Lawrence Fox, right? <laughs> like even now, Lawrence Fox is like, I'm going to be the MP for Uxbridge. No, you're fucking not, mate. You just pick something achievable or you're just going to fail again and blame everyone else and never actually develop as a human being, you fucking moron. Like, he's, he's like, I'm, I'm going to post a swastika and then sue anyone who calls me racist. Like, oh, oh my God, you're not. You're just, you're not. Those are un- Achievable goals, Larry. Like, and you see how desperately unhappy that fucker is. Burning flags in his garden on father, like with his unachievable goals, right? Oh, well, a good law project. Well, <laughs> ha! I'm going to set up my own bad law project. Like, you're not even a lawyer. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Who's going to donate to it to set it up? To give it a London office, you know? How the fuck are you going to convince mean-spirited, psychopathic lawyers to work for it pro bono? How are you going to... Oh, well, I, I, I like... Did you even think this through from the outset before you blew your money on the promo video, you fucking idiot? Like, even if he did get donations through, right, for his... You know, for, for the bad law project, right? <laughs> Which sounds like does, doesn't that sound like a fucking dad rock covers band, right? Like <laughs> it'd be like, oh, ja Jamie, Jamie, are, are you coming down Finnegan's on Thursday? Because they got that band, uh, the, the, the band that they get down there, yeah. They they, they play the, uh, the the Bon Jovi and uh, the Final Countdown. You know the, the covers band. What they call uh, uh, the Bad Law Project. You know, and you'd you'd be like, oh, I, I, I would. Um, but I would rather die in a shark attack, Billy, than listen to that shit. <laughs> like, but yeah, like even if he does get donations in for the bad law project, like wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be easier to take the money that people are funding the bad law project with, right? And then just set it aside, right, for the times that you yourself, Lawrence Fox, Get into legal bother when you call people paedophiles on Twitter. <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be more efficient, Larry? Just fuck off the bad law project. Just do a Kickstarter and call it the fucking 
like not the not the bad law, but the the inconvenient law. <laughs> the law I keep getting sued for, you know, the inconvenient law fund or something. I don't fuck Lawrence fucks man, like, and his absence of achievable goals. Bellend. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to I'm going to marry a beautiful talented singer actress and she's going to love me forever. Unachievable, Larry. <laughs> You're punching. Just bring it down a few levels. Something achievable. <laughs> Cut to fucking Lawrence Fox coloring in a 19-foot train drawing <laughs> with his new girlfriend to be fucking Sophie Corcoran, I guess. Like, and he'd be happier. He would be, you judgmental motherfuckers out there. He'd be smiling like Harvey. Who was, you know, as I think we've established, uh, very, very happy in this uh, in this news story. And as I was saying before, you know, I don't I don't think I've ever been that happy. Like ever. You know, it's like. It's like sometimes I worry I'm missing some boilerplate serotonin transmitter or something. You know, some enzyme that makes normal people a lot happier. <laughs> you know, I've just got this sort of empty endorphin enclosure in my head or something. Like, I don't feel desperately depressed. Although even that in itself, you know, the lack of depression, it sort of suggests perhaps I'm missing maybe a common sense transmitter like it's not depression if everything actually is awful then it's just common sense <laughs> it's like, like that's something a lot of you motherfuckers don't seem to understand like people especially in america yes i will open up to some americana shit in this episode like people are like they're like yeah my uh my girlfriend left me uh i've put on 80 pounds uh my landlord says he's going to try and evict me and then the planet's fucked and we're basically living in a fucking air fryer at this point. And I don't know. I just uh, I just feel down all the time. Right. OK. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like, why do I feel so down, so sad and helpless? Like, is is this normal? No, no, no that is um, that is abnormal. Yeah, that's what that is. Like most most people don't feel that way about any of those awful things that you just mentioned. So I, t I tell you what, here, have three of these a day to synthesize happiness and, and keep yourself, you know, upbeat and smiling as you get evicted out into the extreme weather and have to suck off passing tribes of cannibals just to survive after the fall of Rome. But you'll be smiling like Harvey. But yeah. Maybe I'm missing a common sense transmitter that would ordinarily tell me that I'm depressed. I don't know. Because I don't feel super depressed right now, even though there, you know, there's a lot to be depressed about. Like, what are the symptoms of depression? Let's go through a box tick exercise, shall we? Like, you can't get out of bed. You go very quiet. You drink a lot, maybe. But like, I, I can't, like, not get out of bed, you know? Like, I've got two fucking little kids, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, 
I can't even be bothered to get out of bed today. And they're like, if you don't sort breakfast, right, we're going to kick off and then mummy's going to be fucked off that you're laying there doing nothing. And so then it's like, oh, great. You know, I'm depressed about the mortgage and climate change and the national debt. And I've got an angry lady yelling at me. Fucking score. So I can't stay in bed. You know, struggling to get out of bed is not an option for me. But I can't go quiet either, dear listeners. You know, I mean, even when I've been depressed as fuck before, you know, like after a breakup or something, I don't know if any of you have gone through that, where someone cheats on you, breaks your fucking heart. You know, and you thought it was all amazing. You thought you were in a good relationship. And then in the blink of an eye, the whole relationship just collapses into nothing. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Like, everything was fine last week. Even then I'd be talking about it, you know? If you're depressed, then you might go a bit quiet. Well, I was majorly depressed, but I, I was still talking. I was boring my friends to tears about it. My friends cried more about my breakups than I did. I'm positive of that. They're like, please, please, can you stop talking? Please just shut the fuck up, aid. So I can't stay in bed. I can't go quiet, you know. What's the other one? People might drink more. Um, I've probably drunk the least I've ever drunk right now, you know, since I started drinking when I was like 15. Because, uh, you know, fucking shit's expensive now, right? Like, I'm not going out to stand-up gigs, you know, on Wednesday nights. Or, you know, I'm just trying to cut back on everything. The mortgage thing is, you know, kind of weird because, in fact, fuck it. Let's, let's just talk about this, shall we? Let's just get this out of the way. Let's talk about that whole, you know, the I newspaper and the Daily Record stuff and add a bit more context to it. So last weekend, right, I wrote a thread on Twitter and it seemed to just explode. And I take the piss out of everything, right? Like I'm largely a very unserious sort of person, certainly on here, you know, most of the time on Twitter also. I mean, I, I rant about politics. I try to put some jokes in, you know, most of the stuff that I do. And, and there's some like faux exasperation and incredulity. And, you know, but for the most part, that's me is I, I piss take. I'm a satirist, I mock, I maul. I try and extract some humour from the charmless and corrupt sewage aisle that we're all trapped on and forced to live. Anyway, but occasionally things do get on top of me. And last weekend was one of those times, you know, it was it's sort of darkly funny in a way. Like I was I was voice noting uh, Marina Perkis about this the other day. It, like it was the worst Saturday. It was like comedically bad. Um, like I'd been away to Glastonbury uh, for that week. And then, you know, work has been insane and the kids are just constant, you know, and there's two of them. And, the, you know, and I'm up at 5 a.m. every day with the kids when they wake up because dawn breaks and then they're like, oh, wow, it's fucking time to go. Let's do it. And um, and so the, the times that we actually have, me and my girlfriend, to sit down and talk about money and talk about the mortgage, those times, the, those windows, they're so few and far between. So we came up with this idea that we would go to Guildford 
for the afternoon. You know, we'd pick up some bits that we need. Uh, but that would keep the kids in the back seats because it's like 40 minutes away. Um, kids in the back seats, placated with snacks. They're, you know, quiet. And then the missus and I, we can actually talk about some shit, right? In the time that it takes to get to Guildford. And possibly on the way home also. I don't know. So we leave the house and it's raining. It's just bucketing it down, right? So it's not a great start, but fine. You know, it's Britain. It's summer. It's not really new. Uh, and so I'm like, well, you know what? We'll be in a shopping center most of the time. So who gives a shit? It's fine. So we get in the car and already the kids are, you know, babbling away, but it's all right. You know, we start driving and they're distracted by trees and cars and birds. And then we got them some snacks as well. So they are appeased for now, for a bit. They will get bored, though. So we're chatting away about the house, the mortgage. And bear in mind, right, before I left for Glastonbury, right, the last thing I heard <laughs> was that it was all in hand. Like we kind of knew what financial instruments and levers we had to pull. We had a couple of meetings or phone calls that might have to take place, not by us, but by extended members of family. We would probably be some documents that we need signing. But by and large, we kind of had a plan. Then I go to Glastonbury. And then it's been a week or two. And everything's really mad, busy, you know, and the kids are blah, blah, blah. You know. So we're catching up now, finally, in the car. And I'm like, so, you know, what's what's the latest? And it's just like there's our mortgage that's due next month. Right. And we are remortgaging. That side of things is settled. Yes, it's increased significantly, but at least that part is nailed down. Then there's this family loan that comes off a fixed next month. And that was used for our deposit. Right. And that is exploding, too. So, so our own remortgage loan, like our one, is going from like 700 to 1100, right? And then there's the family loan, and that's exploding from like, you know, 400 up to eight or 900. I, I honestly don't know what that's going to yet. Uh, so, we're going like all in with everything. We're going from about a grand to two grand a month. And so, we're sat in this car, and there's sheets of rain just slamming down, and the kids are bored now, you know? They're rearing up. And we're stuck in this hilariously bad traffic jam. Like, we're trying to get into Guildford, but it's like a fucking anxiety dream. Trying to get in, like, wait, wait, you know, in one of these nightmares where you're trying to get to your sick kid or something, but the bridge is burnt down or, or your car runs out of petrol or, you know. Because we were trying to get into Guildford, but there's this monster traffic jam. Backed up all the way. Up the eighth. Well, fucking wow, this is boring, isn't it? I'm really hitting the podcast topic sweet spots today, aren't I? <laughs> your mortgage aid and then your traffic jams. Strap in, guys. Um, I know I'm probably boring some of you to tears, but I'm just, you know, I'm just setting the scene for you. So, you know, we're in this car. It's pouring down. The kids are bored. I'm trying to get into Guildford, but this road is backed up. And so there's people just getting fed the fuck up, right? And reversing out of a line of traffic. Because it's so bad. And they've been sat in this jam for like 40 minutes. Nothing's moving, right? They just reverse out into the middle of a massive traffic-like cross-section. Just highly illegal driving going on. Just because some fucking affluent Guildford cunts, who probably don't even have a mortgage, <laughs> have reached their boiling point in their car. They're like, oh, well, fuck this. You know, they're reversing out and driving across lanes. People beam like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? But they just have to get the fuck out of there, right? 
out of this traffic jam. It's so bad. Anyway, so then we do the same. And we drive up two minutes to try and find a different route in. And then that road has been changed to a one-way for buses. And so that's no entry. So we can't get in that way. And then we come out and we try a third road in. And it's roadworks. And the road is shut. And every car is being diverted back into this fucking traffic jam. Again, and this whole time... There's sheets of rain and the kids are rearing up and my very patient girlfriend is talking to me about the mortgage and I'm getting more and more het up and we get the fuck out of Guildford and we drive down some back road and we find this little cream cake cafe place. Like it's a sort of roadside tea cake shop kind of thing and we pull in. And I'm just spiraling at this point. You know, nothing's been done with this mortgage, which means everything's just going to like fall over onto like the base rate or the tracker, you know. And I'm all that's going through my head is one grand to two grand, one grand to two grand. Like I'm already struggling. So how the fuck am I supposed to afford an extra thousand pounds a month? That is basically somebody's like minimum wage salary, you know. But anyway, we go to this cake shop. We walk in there and I just go in and I buy a shit ton of cakes and I'm kind of proud of myself. I was like, I bought yeah, like a couple of eclairs. Yeah, he wants a cookie and she, yeah, we'll get one of these lemon slice things. Yeah. And then a couple of traditional lemonades and like we, we walk outside onto like the it was sort of a bit like a pub table and we walk outside and it was like, I don't know what we must have looked like, like sitting down with these, all of these cakes on this wooden table in the rain. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm just manically, mentally spiraling inside, but just smiling at my daughter. You know, my daughter's just splashing around in the puddles. And I'm just sat there like, I think I'm I'm having some sort of breakdown in this moment because I'm smiling at her splashing. She's she's like muddy cuddles. Like she says, she know she means muddy puddles, but she can't say it properly. And we always talk about cuddles. So she's like, muddy cuddles, muddy cuddles. And I'm just smiling with my cakes in the fucking rain. And I'm smiling, but it's like, do you know what it's like? It's like, because I'm like spiraling inside, but smiling on the outside. Like, it's like the opposite of when you take a drug. You know, I don't know if you've ever, any listeners have ever taken MDMA. <laughs> but on the outside, when you're on MDMA, on the outside, you actually look quite miserable. You know, <laughs> like, like externally to everyone else, you look quite miserable. Like you, you're chewing your face. You're gurning. You're just like a, a fucking misra mess, right? But inside, internally, everything is amazing. <laughs> You're so buzzed. Everything is a carnival inside. But outside, you look miserable. And this was like that, but like completely reversed. Like externally, I just look like a dad. You know, I'm quite happy with my cake, my lemonade, smiling at my kids, splashing in the puddles. But internally, spiralling fucking mess, barely holding it together. You know, worried what's going to happen when this family loan expires and the bank come knocking on their door because of our house. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so. So we come home. And we go through the motions, right? My son goes on Roblox. My daughter wants to go down and feed the ducks. And my girlfriend wants to go upstairs and sort all the washing out. And I'm just standing there. And I'm looking out over the decking 
that me and my stepdad put together. Uh, there's puddles on the patio. And this patio is the thing that we got done last year. My daughter is, you know, splashing away again, like outside, dancing around. And it just fucking hits me, man. I'm like, we're going to have to sell this house to pay back that family loan. And my girlfriend's like, no, 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 we won't. Like, don't worry, we'll, we'll sort it. But like, there are still ways this could get sorted, right? <laughs> but at, at that moment, after thinking about that constantly, obsessing about it for like an hour and a half or something, I'm like, time is is the thing here, though. Like, there might be other ways, other in instruments and levers that we could pull, but there's how do you action something like that in four weeks, right? And it just fucking hit me. I was like, somebody's going to have to sell. And it's like, it's probably going to be us. I couldn't ask someone else to sell their house to dig us out of a problem, you know? And so anyway, while my girlfriend, who is the sensible, measured, you know, calm one, is upstairs sorting the laundry, I just fucking fall to pieces. I'm just like looking out on my daughter and I'm just like, we're going to have to sell the house. We're going to have to sell the house. I couldn't possibly ask my in-laws to sell up. You know, they've got two others. Their two other sons are still living. With me. Like, it's just fucking insane. Anyway, so then I started getting angry and I started writing this thread. And I was sort of, you know, I was just thinking, like, why, why should I as a software engineer, you know, on a pretty good salary, why should I have to expect my in-laws to sell their house just so we stand a chance of keeping ours, you know? Like, that is what infuriates me about modern Britain. It's like, if this is how hard it is for us, you know, how fucking hard is it going to be for people on 25K, you know, for renters, when their landlord comes to them and goes, yeah, look, I know you've been um, I know you've been a good tenant for the last eight years. But unfortunately, due to market conditions, I'm going to have to pass this rate hike on to you. You'd be like, OK, um, how much are you going to increase my rent by uh, 500 pounds a month? 500 fucking quid. Like, how is nobody understanding how serious this is? So, yeah, anyway, look. I, uh, I sort of let it all rip on a on a thread on Twitter and it ended up in the Daily Record and then later the I newspaper. And I, I felt bad about it in a way because the headline in the in the eye was like, you know, we're living hand to mouth. And it's then there's something about, you know, losing their house overnight. And I'm like, fucking hold on, lads. All right. Like. Like I got old comedy friends now texting me saying like. Is like how bad are they? Like I've been homeless before. Like I want to help you, out. and I'm like, I've now I feel bad because it's like you know that it's not we're not there yet. All right, <laughs> I I think we will either end up privately renting if we do are forced to sell this place, but I think more likely at this stage is that my in-laws probably will sell theirs, and that's not a comfortable position for me to be in. And it's but but then I have to tell myself like, well, even though it's uncomfortable. Bizarrely, paradoxically, we are still one of the lucky ones, you know? But still, everything I read from the Bank of England, everything I scan across in the FT, everything I see on Twitter, everything is like the Bank of England are, uh, oh, they're going to hike interest rates again because uh, this, this is the reason. It's because we want to encourage saving. Like, who the fuck is saving right now? Like, <laughs> riddle me that like you're literally robbing me of my money and handing it to halifax and metro from next month robbing me we we want people to put money in aside 
That's what we want. We, we, we want them to keep some money. We want people to just, you know, keep some money. Inside. Uh, which which people? Uh, banks. We want the banks to keep your money. That's <laughs> that's what banks do, right? They they keep your money for you. Right, okay, but do, do I ever get it back? No. No, no, no. It's a, it's a new market pivot. They used to keep your money, like, you know, keep it safe for you. Now they just keep it. Well, okay, great. Thank you. This is to make you save cash. It's fucking, like, lunacy, isn't it? But still, you know, just wait. Just wait. Just stand back and watch, right? And I can guarantee you, you will still get witless fucking sun readers stood on their porch <laughs> on, on a talk TV vox pop. The bailiffs charging into their house. The bank changing the locks. Bowler hat bankers emptying out the guy's pockets while he's live on TV. And still, he'll be like, well, it's for me own good. <laughs> like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm saving. <laughs> anyway, for anyone who may or may not have been concerned, no, we're not about to be homeless. These things don't happen overnight. Yes, I am very worried about this family loan, like the other half of the mortgage, if you like. But I think, you know, ultimately, my in-laws, I think, will, will probably save the day. Thank God. Um, and, you know, for all their faults, I think banks actually probably because they're regulated to be so. But I, I think they can be reasonably flexible these days if you get yourself in a pickle. Um, so I think... At the moment, like earlier on in the week when I read that thread, I was like, I think we'll probably lose this place. I think that's where we're headed. But now I'm actually sort of inching towards, I think we'll probably cling on to it. But it's going to be icky and uncomfortable and just like. Like it shouldn't have to be this way, right? I know this is not overly funny. You know, it's not overly piss takey, but it shouldn't. Fuck, you know, it's important to land a salient point every now and then, right? It shouldn't have to be this... Like, housing should be... Cheers, by the way. Uh, housing should be like... Here's how it should work, right? There's a tribe of 100 people, right? And they earn varying amounts. And those varying amounts can buy them either a small or a large place, right? And then as they inevitably fuck each other and... 100 becomes 200, you know, the, the market grows and those... 200 people who also earn varying amounts maybe they decide to build a few more smaller or larger homes based on speculation that there'll be a couple more you know medium earning types and then you know 200 become 400 again and then you're like okay well we need 50 more small houses and 30 more larger ones and now you know maybe a few like mid-level you know because the population which is a you know let's say uh, where did i get to 400 right 400 of them are working and earning and getting taxed, right? And then there's a growing amount of tax in line with that population growth to support the next round of house building. Like that, that setup, that is how this should work. It shouldn't be that complicated. You just take a little tally of how much the population is and then work out how many fucking houses you need to build. But like as, as shit gets harder... And public services begin to, you know, falter and people get more and more fucked over. You know, it's kind of natural that I think people get more radicalised, people get angrier. They want more radical change more quickly, right? 
And for some, that means, you know, running towards opportunistic uh, populists who will tell them what they want to hear or whatever. But for me, it's like, like, I find myself getting proper radical about the house building. Like, why do we even need banks to be involved in housing? Do you know what I mean? Like, why don't we just earn money? You pay your tax to a central government entity. The central government sanction house building in line with demand in whatever areas. And as the population grows and earns money, you get more in tax and then you sanction more houses. With that, like, whose fucking idea was it, right? Like, which one of you cunts fucked it up by letting the bankers in? You know? Like, it's such a simplistic model. Like, I'm no economist. I know that. I struggle with even basic arithmetic. I promise you. But even I understand that shit. Like, it should just fucking work. And it would have worked until some bright spark was like, uh, hey, um, Donald, uh, yeah, this this gentleman here, he's uh, he's from... Oh, wait, where was it that you said that you were from again? The, uh, the, the HBS or... Uh, HSBC. Yeah, no, it's it. It's the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, well, he... He says he's going to fix all of our housing problems. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. And then they, they walk him over to the village elder, you know, maybe the village elder's like, right, well, we we have a pretty good system here. You know, we we, we just build houses in line with, with the population. You know? And then as the tribe grows, more of them earn their money, but we, we tax that. And then that money goes towards the next round of, of housing. Okay, right, but so what if... Instead of centrally controlling that, what what if you um let's say uh, what if you cut people's taxes by one pound seventy six uh an hour? No, 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 just just a month, just a modest tax cut, one pound seventy six a month, right? And then and then what you say is you say, well, we've cut taxes, so we're small government, we're getting out of your business, right? And then instead of you guys funding house building with it, you give yourselves a, you know, as village elders, you give yourselves a fat fucking pay rise. That's what you do. I mean, you worked hard for it, haven't you? Well, uh, I suppose, I suppose so. Yeah, but, but then how would we build the houses that, that we need? Well, selflessly, we, the bank, would step in. And what, what we would do is we would give loans to people so they could, quote unquote, buy a house for themselves. Uh, a loan? That's right. Yes, it is just a loan. Okay, but, but it would be affordable, would it? Oh, um, ish. Well, like there wouldn't be anyone that couldn't get one though, because it's a pretty fundamental thing, like having a roof over your head. Well, the thing is, for us to make the billions that we want to make out of this, we have to make it so you pay back almost double the amount. So if it's a two hundred grand flat over the space of the loan you'll actually pay back 400 grand. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but we'll, we'll make them, you know, we'll, we'll market it with, with figures like 5% or 3.5%. So it sounds tiny. Doesn't sound as bad, you know? Doesn't sound like you're paying double the fucking amount, does it? <laughs> this sounds, um, this sounds a bit troubling, uh, if I'm honest with you, you know, we, uh, people need a home. Uh, if you're going to put them in that much debt. I mean, how long is the loan for? Their entire working life. They'll, they'll basically be financial slaves. They'll, they'll have to keep going to work every day to try to pay off this gigantic fucking loan. I mean, they, they will stay in jobs they hate. They will argue with their spouses over it all. Families will be broken over this. Wow, you're, you're really, um, 
You're really going for the hard sell here, aren't you? But... But... They... They own the house, so is it... So it is their house. At least... Well, sort of. I mean, if there's a problem, the bank will just take it back. And the house will always... You know, always go up in value anyway. So the bank... You know, the, the bank are on top. Whatever. I mean, the house always wins, if you will. You know? Well, that sounds like a... That sounds like a rigged game to be... Oh, oh, it is. Absolutely. We haven't even got started on the fact that every 10 years or so, we'll fuck around with the interest rate levers and, and force these home loan owner people, you know, to, to have to renegotiate their fucking loans at new rates that are crushingly expensive to force them all to sell. Fuck me. <laughs> and an ecosystem of double-breasted, suited gambling addicts who bet that 2% of the tribe are going to default on their loans. Jesus Christ! And the other gamblers who bet on the former gamblers. You get the idea. You know, whose fucking idea was it to let the bankers in? <laughs> Everything was working so well. Fuck me, I've gone over time. Right, guys, I need to run. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Patreon backers. Thank you so much for continuing your support of the podcast. Special mention to Bowman, Kai, Chris, David, Mojo Sabian, Peter Del Monte, with a fantastic name, uh, Pingu, Silent, Stuart, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex, Jeff, Ned, Sarah and Simon. Thank you so, so much. I'm looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible at the September gig. That's the 28th of September at the Book Club in Shoreditch. Until next time, stay safe. Uh, I'll be back next Wednesday for the solo one. Um, that's it. I'm out this motherfucker.